Hey y'all, doing this live today, no edits or nothing. Let's do it. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really glad to be together again. This is uh, trying something new on the podcast. This is a podcast live, which means that um, I'm recording it here on audio, also recording it on video for YouTube. So if you want to check out the the video to this, you can check it out on YouTube. But I'm just going to sort of go uh, with a thought today without any editing or anything and just talk to you about something. So One of the things that seems to keep coming up um, when people ask me, uh, particularly when I'm working with people in faith communities or a church environment, because still that is usually uh, one of the places where we see the least amount of diversity. In fact, um, I'm not sure what the percentage is right now, but I know that um, still in 2020, most of America's churches are racially segregated. Um, I tend to like the word segregation, uh, because I actually think it's, um, it's telling because we hear about, you know, our history in the civil rights and how we were, you know, we went through a time of, of segregation or even the, the separate but equal time. And, um, I'm not sure that we really use that word a whole lot, but I have no problem using it when it comes to the church and faith communities, because we are still uh, the most segregated uh, spaces. And it seems to me that uh, particularly for people who um, say that they love God, for people who are following after the ways of God, that um, we would certainly know what the answer is a little bit more than, um, or at least maybe I shouldn't even say that. I mean, maybe maybe we wouldn't just, but what I can say is given uh, the scriptures that we follow, given our worldview, given belie- given what we believe about God, what we believe about Jesus, that um, God is a unifying God and that the body of Christ, the body uh, of believers is racially and ethnically diverse. So if that's the case, then why do we continue to be segregated across racial lines and even cultural lines? Because um, those two things aren't always the same. But racial lines, cultural lines, um, and being really okay with being separate with one another. So I say all that to say that one of the things that continues to come up um, in conversations that I have with people is this idea, which is, you know, if our uh, community, if our uh, faith community, if our church, if what we're doing in the United States is in a community that is mostly monocultural, then A, uh, do we still have the responsibility and the call to be diverse uh, racially, ethnically, culturally? 
And B, uh, if that's the case, then how do we make the link between being monocultural and finding a vision for a multicultural church uh, or multicultural environment within the scope of a monocultural environment? Now, we can really get into that. That's probably going to be a little bit longer than this podcast. However, let me just give you a couple of thoughts around that, okay? The first thing is, is that I believe in faith communities and in churches that um, th- that the Word of God is really clear uh, around the model of worship that we are given uh, in the Bible. And that model of worship, uh, when the people of God come together, that that model is diverse. Um, it is people from all nations, all tongues, all tribes, like as diverse as possible. And they are all centering around the thing that unites them, which is God. So I believe that that is the model of, of church. And so if that is the model of the gathering of God's people, I have no problem then saying that all, all faith communities should be and should be pursuing Uh, racial, cultural, ethnic uh, integration, full integration. Um, I got no problem with that. And and so when it comes down to that, here's here's the thing is that I love 2020 um, because in 2020, I'm telling you guys, there is literally no limitation for us, particularly in faith communities and in the church. There's literally no limitation for us to make our uh, church services, our expressions of worship, um, the relationships, who we interact with, all of that. There's literally no limitation and therefore no excuse for us to remain monocultural as a faith community because we have relationship, because we have technology. Um, I was actually just thinking about this um, the other the other day. Uh, my husband and I were watching uh, the Daytona 500, and my husband's a big racing fan. He's from Indiana, and we were watching the Daytona 500, and one of the things that I was sharing with him was how, um, now we watch a lot of sports shows, but I was sharing with him that, you know, the sports shows that we watch, the thing I've appreciated about, uh, ESPN in particular is that at least the shows we watch, there is a tremendous amount of diversity. I mean, I feel like that over the last several years that they have gotten very intentional, uh, and really good, quite frankly, at the representation of who is talking about sports, you know, different people's opinions and perspectives given their racial makeup. Um, There's a show that we watch um, that is primarily uh, Cuban, you know, and and there was this one time where the show was on and I think that the host is Cuban, uh, Dan Levitard, and he had a Dominican guy, uh, Izzy Gutierrez, who was on the show, and then a Filipino guy, uh, Pablo Torre. And I thought to myself, you know, wow, like that is a really good job. You just don't trip and fall into that. Um, That is a decision that people have made to make that show diverse. I think there was another episode where I saw, um, it was uh, Dan Lebetard in the middle, again, he's Cuban and male. And there were uh, two women that were the sports, uh, doing the sports analysis. And so I was looking at that and I thought, wow, you know, when I watch these shows on ESPN, it's this beautiful space where I start to forget 
um, about things such as race and culture. Uh, and that's actually the thing when you move towards inclusion and diversity, people think that you actually start to highlight it. And what actually happens when you start to get really good at it is people forget and people actually just start to see one another as people. But let me let me go back for a minute. So we're going back watching the Daytona 500. And this, uh, I was talking to my husband and saying, um, you know, we, we love watching the coverage and, and really appreciate the work of the people there. But that I, I noticed how monocultural all of the reporting was on the Daytona 500. Now, you know, my, my husband's brilliant and, you know, he was started talking about how, you know, there's really not a big pool to pull from in that sport because it's mostly been monocultural. And so I get that, but just trying to make a point here. So, so the, the sportscasters were uh, monocultural, mostly white American. Um, there were a few women, but mostly male. Um, and so I, I was sharing with my husband that, you know, as a consultant, uh, some of the things I would do, um, and I've done before when I come into an organization, is to say, where are the places that you can infuse diverse peoples, that you can, it can add people who have a different cultural voice, a different ethnic voice than the majority um, you know, where are the places that that can actually happen? And I started to think about, even while we were watching the Daytona 500, I started thinking about all these different places where, you know, different kinds of voices culturally could be added. Uh, and so as we're talking, there was a uh, commercial that had come on right after this segment that we were watching. And uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's a, an ex-football player and he's one of the ESPN analysts and um anyway so i saw this commercial and he comes on and he's kind of sitting in this chair and he's talking about the daytona 500 now this gentleman is african-american and i thought to myself that is so strategic because so hopefully it was strategic um but to me it was a strategic move because you're taking a culture maybe that there's not a whole lot of um room there at least uh for how things are set up right now for someone like him to have a voice but what you've blended in that one uh in that one instance is you've blended uh this commercial about the daytona 500 and racing and racing culture and all of this with a person who's doing a voiceover for the commercial who is not from that culture group that's brilliant so i bring that up to say that something like that uh sometimes is the first step that a church can make or a church community can make towards representing diversity um, and representing different ethnicities. Uh, just remember that, you know, in order to celebrate the people of God, in order to celebrate uh, cultural diversity in your space, you don't need to have every single kind of person right there in your congregation in order to um, to let them serve and to have them represent. That's not always going to happen. For instance, the, the congregation that I attend, I'm not sure how many people in the congregation are from Russian descent, right? So for a church like mine that still has 52 different nations represented, you know, one of the, th the strategic things that we might do is to find out how could we represent someone from Russian culture at the culture at my church. So these are the kinds of questions to ask. So I say all this to say, um, that uh, maybe in at one point I might say it like this. Hey, there's no excuse, guys. There's no excuse. There's no excuse to stay monocultural. 
but I'm going to say it like this today. And that is, there are no limitations. There are no limitations for anybody in any faith community, any faith journey to, um, to not represent the diversity, the, the cultural, racial, ethnic diversity of God's people. And so I say that to you because that should encourage you as a leader. And that's whether you're uh, the leader of a church, whether you're the leader of a business, maybe you have a, 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 a nonprofit or a faith-based business, whatever it is, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves. The only limitation we have for this is the limitations that we set up in our own mind. There is always something that we can do. Now, oftentimes uh, people can still push back on this and there are a couple of things that I think and one of them is, you know, particularly when it comes to faith communities and churches, you know, part of the vision of the church is to, you know, reach the world and go global and go on all these missions trips and do all these things. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, I'm like, look, how about we not try to reach the world if we can't even reach the ethnic church down the street? Or how about we not try to, you know, be world changers, but be unwilling if we're a non-majority person to reach out to the white American church down the street. I'm just saying that just to me, that feels inauthentic to say that we're going to do one thing and then literally not do it when it's right literally in front of us. So that's one thought. Um, and the other thought is, you know, here's, here's a really simple strategy for you. Um, that you can begin using to infuse some culture, particularly into your church, your congregation. Well, actually, I'm going to give you two. The first one is this. Almost every church that I go to that is not like a, a cathedral, a traditional type church, but a contemporary church, um, as people are coming in to uh, be a part of the service, they'll have walk-in music. Now, if your church is uh, monocultural in any way, whatever that is, if you're a a, a, a Hispanic church, if you're an Indian church, if you're a Korean church and you're a monocultural church, one of the things that you can do is utilize the playlist that people hear when they're walking in to create a diverse genre list of songs. It's a really easy way to start to include some cultural diversity into what it is that you're doing without having the people, so to speak, yet to perform that music live or to preach a sermon or whatever it is, just start with what you have. Ask the question, what do we have? And then how can we infuse diversity into the things that we already have? You have to take a first step towards this. And that is an easy first step. Now I'm going to tell you right now, what I have found oftentimes is, you know, I, Somebody will ask me, how do we take the first step? And I'll say something like that. Hey, start here. And people won't do it. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes we have, uh, we have made this issue of diversity like so big. We have, like it's this gigantic cloud where we can't even see where the first step is. And sometimes you can say, well, what, what is that gonna do, right? Or you might even question like, well, is that inauthentic? No, um, you have to start somewhere. Um, you know, if you're a, a mostly white American church and you don't have people to pull off black gospel music, 
play it on the overhead, play it on your iTunes playlist when people walk in, when they walk out. Um, choose non-white American music for a video, for a, a bumper under a video, um, under a prayer, whatever it is. Like, And that's just one. That's one creative idea out of, I don't know, 40,000 maybe <laughs> that we could come up with to help you make your church uh, a better reflection, a more authentic reflection of the diverse body of Christ. That's just one. So I just want to just say this just flat out that um, just because your church is in the middle of a cornfield somewhere and you're like, oh, we're all white Americans. So I guess we're absolved. No, you're not absolved. Just because you might be uh, in the inner city in a mostly African-American neighborhood and you say, well, these are the people that are around us. And, and you know, uh, we're tired of having to do, you know, all of this kind of majority culture stuff. It doesn't absolve us from doing that. Um, if you're a mostly Hispanic church and you have been uh, only speaking in Spanish the whole time, um, it's time to incorporate some things in some other languages. And, and honestly, it doesn't even have to be English, guys. There are, if you start to look at these things as there are so many creative ways that we can bring some beauty and some light into our gatherings, um, you start to see these things very differently and they become less of a to-do to list and more of a, gosh, look what I get to do. Look at the work I get to do. Look at the ministry I get to do. We get to spend time representing God's people. We get to spend time dreaming up ways that we can help people feel seen. That is the work that we get to do as people of faith. So it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step in and lean in and honestly stop making excuses. Let's stop making excuses for why we can't be diverse. Let us, as uh, Ephesians 4 says, make every effort. Let us make every effort to keep the unity, uh, the peace, binding ourselves together with peace. Make every effort. If you want to come to a space where you're like, I don't know if we can be diverse and I don't know if, you know, because we don't have the people, ask yourself this, have we made every effort? Because I guarantee you that there's some kind of idea, some side of, some sort of creative idea just around the corner. So don't give up. Don't give in. It's time to lean in and do the good work of reconciliation and multicultural work. Thanks so much for watching or listening. This was really fun. I think I might do this again, podcast live. So thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Hang in there. I'm cheering loudly for you. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.